Lily koi pie, taro chips, and feral chickens. So many chickens. This week, we're on the island of Kauai, Hawaii. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This week, we're on Kauai, Hawaii. And if you want more Hawaii, check out Episode 2 and Episode 20 of the podcast. They're all archived and available to listen for free at radiomisfits.com. Almost half of all visitors stay on the island of Oahu for their Hawaiian vacation. Another 25% go to Maui, and only 10% stay on the island of Kauai. But Kauai also has plenty of cool attractions to keep you entertained, from beaches and waterfalls to sites where movies like Jurassic Park, The Descendants, and Elvis's Blue Hawaii were filmed. And then there's the food. The tropical fruit here is so fresh it will blow your mind. Not to mention the best shave ice in Hawaii, masaladas to die for, and lilikoi everything. In fact, I'm starving, so let's eat. What to eat? Hey, you gonna finish that? On Destination Eat Drink. There's more to Kauai than we could ever fit into a single episode of Destination Eat Drink, so check out DestinationEatDrink.com for more great dishes, beverages, and things to do on the Garden Isle. Just click on Oceana and Kauai. When you think of eating in Hawaii, a luau might be the first thing that comes to your mind. Maybe that or a bowl of fresh poke. Both are readily available on Kauai. But when I think of Hawaii, I think of taro. Taro was brought to Hawaii by the Polynesians over 1,000 years ago and is a staple of the Hawaiian diet. There's taro farms all over Kauai, especially just outside of Princeville. You'll probably see them when you drive around. Most people probably have heard of poi, which is the taro root. It's pounded into a paste, and you can buy poi in grocery stores or from taro farms that pound out the paste by hand. But my favorite way to have taro is in chip form. Just like a potato chip, the taro is sliced thin, fried in oil, and salted. They're crispy and delicious. In the small Kauai town of Hanapepe, there's a unique shop called the Taro Co. Chips Factory. Factory is probably a bit of a misnomer because the place is really just a shack with one guy who fries up the chips, bags them, and sells them to hungry visitors. There's no website and no posted hours for Taro Co. You'll probably know that he's frying chips if the door is open. Otherwise, the place is closed. You'll have to come back later. And if you're lucky, you'll also see them selling mangoes from the trees out back. 50 cents. For a super fresh mango is a steal. And the day we were at Taro Co., they were also selling a cacao tree for 10 bucks. I just wish I could have snuck it into my carry-on. Another one of my favorite Hawaiian treats is Hawaiian shave ice. And it is called shave ice, not shaved ice. You might have had something called Hawaiian ice or shaved ice on the mainland. There's trucks that float all over the mainland selling the stuff. But that stuff is mainly for kids. Real shave ice in Hawaii is a revelation. Unfortunately, a lot of shave ice, even in Hawaii, is made with artificially colored syrup sweetened with high fructose corn syrup. What you really want 
is to find a place that makes their own syrups with real fruit. And that place is Walue Shave Ice in Kapa'a. My favorite is the Lava Flow with pineapple and strawberry syrup. Be sure to get your shave ice at Walue with the Lava Flow. That's your topping of coconut foam. The best. And when you're on Kauai, you'll see Lilikoi on menus everywhere. And you might wonder, what the heck is Lilikoi? Well, Lilikoi is the Hawaiian word for passion fruit, and Lilikoi grows like crazy on the islands. Lilikoi is made into jams and jellies and cookies. Masaladas are filled with Lilikoi jelly, and shave ice is often topped with Lilikoi syrup or foam. And Lilikoi cheesecake is popular too, but my favorite Lilikoi dish is mango Lilikoi pie. Right Slice, that's the name of the bakery, makes a great mango lilikoi pie, and you can get a piece at their bakery in Kalaheo. But they also have a modern-slash-retro shop in Laihui. The place is completely automated, kind of like the old automats you'd see in movies in the 1950s. The vending machines are stocked with fresh pie slices each morning, and customers slide their credit card and select their favorite flavor, and a door slides open, allowing them to get their slice. It's a little strange to be in a shop without any other humans with no cashiers, but the concept is fun, and the pie is fresh and delicious. In the late 1800s, workers from Portugal came to work on the sugar and fruit plantations of Hawaii, bringing their cuisine with them. One of the most popular dishes was the malasada, a donut-like treat made of fried yeast dough and rolled in sugar. The malasada proved so popular, in fact, that Hawaiian bakeries adopted the donut as their own. Today, bakeries throughout the island chain have big signs in their windows advertising the Portuguese sweet. But the best malasadas come fresh out of the fryer. VIP treats and sweets, they're hidden in a shop in the back of the Kauai Mall, only makes malasadas on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Get there early to get them hot and fresh. Somehow, Spam has become crazy popular in Hawaii. Locals adopted the processed meat into their diet because of all the American soldiers who were stationed in Hawaii during and after World War II. And the soldiers were fed Spam regularly, much to their chagrin. But the Hawaiian people learned to love Spam. And one of the most famous dishes to arise from the Hawaiian love affair with Spam was Spam Musibi. Slices of Spam are fried, and then a scoop of rice is placed between the slices. The Spam in rice is then wrapped in nori to make a sort of Spam sushi. Spam musibi is so popular, in fact, that you can find it wrapped and ready to eat next to cash registers at 7-Elevens and gas stations all over Hawaii. Who knows how long it's been sitting there, but people buy it up like it's going out of style. So I have to guess the gas station spam Musibi is turning over fairly quickly. But if you're wary, lots of diners have spam Musibi on the menu. And Mark's Place is a good choice for your spam Musibi and other Hawaiian comfort foods. What to drink? I'll have another on Destination Eat Drink. Get the Destination Eat Drink podcast delivered directly to your phone or computer by subscribing at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, 
or radiomisfits.com. Or get a link to the podcast by going to destinationeatdrink.com and clicking on the podcast tab. With all the vacationers, happy hour is super popular in Hawaii, but happy hour is really popular on Kauai. And if you're looking for a spot, keep a couple things in mind. First, obviously, no drinking and driving. There's taxis all over and Uber is readily available. So there's no excuse for getting behind the wheel if you're impaired. Second, if you want a place to have a cocktail on the beach, there's tons of places to choose from. Duke's is right on the water and they have an aloha happy hour from four to six. They call it aloha hour. And of course, it's quite touristy, but it's a great spot for a drink and a stroll on the beach before dinner. Get the Lapina. It's served in a hollowed out pineapple for the full Hawaii experience. There's a long stretch of beach resorts on Kapa'a, and most of them have a bar and a restaurant. Lava Lava has $5 Mai Tais during happy hour, though the food is rather pedestrian. If you want a more local experience, head up to the Tahiti Nui in Hanalei. They've been around for 70 years. It was also where a few scenes from the 2011 George Clooney movie, The Descendants, was filmed. $3 domestic beers during happy hour, plus they often have good music at Tahiti Nui. Hawaii is the only state in the U.S. with real commercial coffee production. The best coffee in Hawaii comes from the Big Island of Hawaii. You may have seen Kona coffee in your specialty coffee shop, although Hawaiian coffee is relatively rare in mainland coffee joints. But all over Hawaii and Kauai, Hawaiian coffee is served in coffee shops. There's also a large coffee farm on Kauai, the Kauai Coffee Company. They offer free tastings and tours at their farm in Kalaheo. Things to do and places to see. I don't know. What do you want to do? On Destination Eat Drink. Have a question or a comment about Destination Eat Drink? Find me on Facebook or Instagram at Destination Eat Drink, on Twitter at Eat Destination, or click on the contact tab, DestinationEatDrink.com. The Nepali coast on the north shore of Kauai is one of the most beautiful spots in Hawaii, if not the entire world. Unfortunately, the Nepali coast was devastated by historic rainfall and flooding in April of 2018, followed by more damage from Hurricane Lane in August of that same year. Roads and hiking trails were closed to everyone except local residents while repairs were made. Only recently has the road and beaches been reopened. And I'm recording this podcast in the summer of 2019 and have made every effort to give the most up-to-date information about the Nepali coast. But the situation changes almost daily, so make sure you check with the Parks Department or online for the latest closures and or reopenings. And even then, the online uh, sources may not be exactly up-to-date. I have read about hikers going on open trails on the Nepali coast, where the website says that it's actually closed. So your best bet is to check all the website information that you can find 
and we'll have a lot of that in the show notes. Hiking the Nepali coast is a great way to see the area's natural beauty, but be aware, many of the trails are quite strenuous and only suitable for experienced hikers. While the popular Hana Kapai'i Trail is still closed, the first two miles of Kalalau has recently reopened, and the Awaawapui Nualolo Trail is also open. Check the show notes or kawaii.com for links about hiking permits, which you may or may not need for the various trails. The Waimea Canyon is called the Grand Canyon of the Pacific, but that may be selling it short. Although it's significantly smaller than its Arizona cousin, the waterfalls and vegetation more than make up for it. The Kukui Trail is very difficult if you want to see the canyon, but the Hoopi Trail is far shorter and less strenuous and takes you by a couple waterfalls. As a bonus, the first waterfall was one that was featured in the film Jurassic Park. The folks at Journey Era have done a good job of detailing several hikes in Kauai, including that one. To see the jungles, waterfalls, and wild shore of the Nepali coast without breaking a sweat, a tour is the way to go. Boat tours are the cheapest way, but everyone I know who's taken a boat tour has complained about the rough seas. Even people with iron stomachs have complained of feeling queasy. Plane and helicopter tours give a spectacular bird's eye view. Plane tours are cheaper, but helicopters can get a lot closer to the scenery. Folks prone to air sickness should probably choose the plane. Relaxing on the beach may be the number one reason people visit Hawaii, and Kauai has more than its share of beautiful ones. Hanalei is two miles of gorgeous sand, and it isn't often crowded. Watching the surfers from the shore is a good way to spend an afternoon. Poipu Beach is another great beach, and snorkelers will see tropical fish and sea turtles, and Shipwreck Beach is close by, and that's even more secluded. Not far from Popu Beach is the sprouting horn of the ancient lizard. This natural rock formation has eroded and caused a hole where the waves rush through the rock and shoot up to 50 feet in the air. The rushing water also causes a deep groaning, gurgling sound. The Hawaiian legend of the sprouting horn says that a giant lizard guarded the shore at Popu, attacking anyone who came nearby. A man named Liko was swimming in the water when the lizard attacked him, but Liko escaped by swimming up through the hole in the rocks. The lizard followed him, but got stuck in the hole where he remains to this day. That groaning, gurgling sound, that's the lizard's cry of pain. Tips and inside information on Destination Eat and Drink. Talking about and writing about food and beverages on Destination Eat Drink is one of my favorite things to do, but when I'm not doing that, I write fiction. Check out my foodie novel, Truffle Hunt, and That Bird, my collection of short stories. Go to the DestinationEatDrink.com website and click on the Contact and Books tab. Kauai is over 500 square miles, and you'll probably want to rent a car because bus service is infrequent, and the things you'll want to see are spread out all over the island. But when you're driving, look out for the local wildlife. And by that, I mean chickens. Chickens were originally brought to Hawaii by the Polynesians over a thousand years ago and used as a food source. And 
With no natural predators, the chicken populations surged. But when Hurricane Aniki hit the islands in 1992, it destroyed many of the structures on Kauai, including the cages where the domestic chickens were kept. This caused a feral chicken population explosion. And now you'll find the cluckers everywhere. And I mean everywhere. We saw them in the parking lot at the airport, at the beach, even at outdoor dining restaurants. Locals have a love-hate relationship with the wild birds, mostly hate. Ask someone about them and they'll likely call them a menace and curse that they're protected and that it's illegal to harm them. They've been trying to keep the population in check by asking tourists not to feed the chickens, but It seems to be a losing battle. Tourists find the birds irresistible and their presence charming. And chickens actually do a lot of good for the ecosystem, mainly by eating a lot of insects. But there's a downside to all these chickens. They can be aggressive towards humans, especially when they feel their offspring might be threatened. Also, traffic accidents have been reported due to drivers trying to avoid hitting the fowl. Lastly, the barbaric activity of cockfighting is still practiced on Kauai. There was even a bill in the Hawaiian legislature which would have recognized cockfighting as a cultural activity. Luckily, it did not pass. But still, this violent venture continues. The issue of Hawaiian sovereignty was recently in the news when five members of the Polynesian Kingdom of Atui group were arrested for assault and harassment after storming and attempting to occupy a government building in Honolulu. The men are part of the Hawaiian sovereignty movement, which does not recognize the United States federal government's authority over the islands. The issue of Hawaiian sovereignty is difficult to unpack and is made all the more complicated by groups with differing viewpoints advocating independence. But in a nutshell, The Hawaiian sovereignty movement says that the U.S. government was complicit in the illegal overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy and the subsequent occupation of the islands. And they point out that Article 73 of the United Nations Charter says that Hawaii was supposed to be placed under the administration of the United States with the purpose of making the islands self-governing. That's all true, and Hawaiian nationalists claim this, quote, sacred trust obligation was never carried out and that Hawaii was always intended to be independent. But putting all that aside, you also have to recognize that over 94% of the residents of Hawaii voted for statehood in 1959. So there's no doubt that while the Hawaiian sovereignty movement has some points, it's also a very small minority of the Hawaiian population. On Kauai, Hawaiian sovereignty has become an issue when a couple dozen native Hawaiians began camping out at the abandoned Cocoa Palms Resort. Um, You might recognize this as the location where Elvis's movie Blue Hawaii was filmed. They claimed ownership of the land and said they had proof to support their position. Lawsuits were filed, and in 2018, the native group lost and was removed from the resort, which was due to be renovated and reopened. It's been vacant since Hurricane Aniki devastated it in 1992, but The current owner recently defaulted on a loan, so 
the property's future is still in doubt and the place is still abandoned. You're not allowed to visit the Cocoa Palms Resort specifically, although I have seen Hawaiians advertising guided tours of the place. It's fenced off and is listed as a construction site, although there's no construction currently going on. Some folks will ignore those signs and enter anyway. Um, If you don't want to risk a trespassing ticket, you can take pictures from the street. Mark Zuckerberg became the face of neo-colonialism in Kauai when he bought a 700-acre estate and used a third-party shill to file lawsuit against fractional landowners of adjacent property, which had been handed down over generations. The lawsuit was dropped after public outcry, but sale of the parcels was done amid protests in March 2019. If you go around Kauai, especially in some of the more rural areas, you can still see symbols of Hawaiian sovereignty. We saw Hawaiian flags flown upside down, which is a symbol of Hawaiian sovereignty, and slogans painted on trucks in Hanapepe. You can see pictures of this on the website DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on Oceana and Kauai. That's going to do it for this episode of Destination Eat Drink. We drop a new episode each Friday. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla. Big thanks to him. I'm Brent Peterson, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.